0: we now begin John chapter 3, and John chapter 3 can be entitled, Discourse or Teaching on the New Birth. Friends, this is the most fundamental, necessary, non-negotiable, absolutely essential doctrine you can imagine. It is the beginning of life with God. It's not the beginning of a religious life. It's not the beginning of a, shall we say, ascetic and miserable life where you have to do without so many good things. It's the beginning of a spiritual life and of eternal life. Because as we're going to learn, eternal life is not just in quantity, meaning living forever and ever. It's also of quality. It's also of relationship. It's also of knowledge. What we're going to learn from John 17, verse 3, that eternal life is knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. How long does it take to know God? Apparently, it takes all of eternity, because he's that glorious and grand. So, this particular lesson, based on John chapter 3, verses 1-12, to 12, is entitled, You Must Be Born Again. And I know people don't like to be told they must. We're such independent, autonomous people that, Nobody tells us what to do. And yet, if we're going to grow in wisdom, if we're going to be fruitful in life, if we're going to even have, dare I call it, success, then we have to be willing to listen and especially listen to wise counsel. And wise counsel is not going to be sugar-coated pretty please if you feel like it. Wise counsel is going to be straight and to the point. You must be born again. Let me read to you. The verses pertaining to this, we'll begin with verse 3. And this is from Jesus himself, where he says, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then I'll jump to verse 5, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, these are among the most important words you will ever hear. Because, after all, the kingdoms of this world have a use-by date. They're only here for time. But there is a kingdom coming, and it's from the Lord himself. And it has no use-by date at all. When it comes, it stays. And it lasts forever and ever. Remember, that's exactly what we're praying in the Lord's Prayer That God's kingdom will come and his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, we pray for God's kingdom to come. Because once it comes, it stays. And once it comes, it endures. And once it comes, it blesses. That's how important it is for the kingdom. But Jesus is talking about the prerequisite to even seeing the kingdom. And he says you have to be born again. Obviously, we will need to explore what this means, and we will do so in this lesson. But he goes on to say, you have to also, in order just to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to be born of water and of the Spirit. Because unless you are born of these things, then you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So we don't want to miss the kingdom. After all, if we stay only in the temporal, earthly, man-ruled kingdoms, what kind of future do we have? When those kingdoms go, we go with them. But if we want to be in a kingdom that has no end, and where the blessings only increase as the glory of God does likewise, then we've got to do things God's way. We have to fulfill his entry requirements. And the entry requirements are this, in order to Enter God's kingdom, we have to be born again, born of water and born of the Spirit. With that in mind, friends, stay tuned as we learn about these wonderful truths. I want to read to you from the entire portion of today's lesson, John chapter 3 verses 1 to 12. Our lesson is called You must be born again. And the reference is John chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. Let's listen to God's word. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do not know, and testify that we have seen. And ye receive not our witness. If I told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Our reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. And our lesson, again, is entitled, You Must Be Born Again. Friends, I hope you don't miss out on this most fundamental, irreplaceable truth. Well, first of all, let's get the introduction. Verse 1. We want to introduce a man called Nicodemus. He is a Jewish man, but this is his Greek name. Because, after all, Greek culture, language, and influence permeated much of the ancient world, including the land of Israel. So he is called a leader of the Jews, and he is also a Pharisee. Not all Pharisees were bad and evil in opposing Jesus. After all, Nicodemus was one of them. Another Pharisee who initially opposed Jesus, but became his greatest servant, is, of course, Saul of Tarsus, known as the Apostle Paul. So Nicodemus is a ruler a leader, a Pharisee, and he decides to meet with Jesus at night. That's John 3, verse 2. He comes at nighttime. Why? Well, presumably as not to be recognized by his peers. He didn't want trouble. Jesus already was a controversial figure. Now, can you remember why he would be controversial just from what we read in John? That's right. He actually stirred up controversy when he overturned the money changers' tables and shooed the uh, livestock out of the temple courts. That would cause a lot of tongues to wag. So Nicodemus wasn't looking for uh, any kind of flack from those he worked with. Therefore, see Jesus at night and save himself the scrutiny. And he declares that Jesus is a rabbi, a teacher that is come from God. And then he goes on to say that he knows he's a rabbi, a teach from God, because he does great miracles. And only those who God is with can do such miracles. Friends, let's remember a few things. Yes, miracles were one of the proofs of Jesus' full and true identity as son of man, son of David, son of God, Savior, Redeemer, and the like. Miracles are great, but the Bible teaches, particularly in the last days, that there will be what is called signs and lying wonders, or false signs and lying wonders. Therefore, we need discernment to know that which is from God and that which is not. Then, of course, in verse 3 comes the classic statement about the new birth. Jesus says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus overlooks Nicodemus' compliments, and he gets straight to the point. Very much, truly, truly, I tell you, unless a person is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, it's interesting, this term is more or less a familiar term. And it's been a familiar term for many decades. In America's bicentennial year, there was a presidential election. And the winning candidate campaigned in part on the platform that he was born again. That was meant to be a vote-getting statement. And part of the reason for him telling the American people he was born again was, of course, maybe he was wanting to witness And that was part of his way, but he also wanted to convey that because he was born again, you could trust him to tell the truth. In other words, he also made the statement, I will never lie to you. Well, that's a wonderful thing. We would love that everybody would make that commitment not to lie. In fact, it would be even more virtuous today than it was in 1976. Because lies, spin, mendacity, half-truths, misleading statements are becoming more and more common. And they don't just stop at the door of the church. Even some who attend church can be guilty of these things. Now, friends, we have to remember that Jesus Christ is the truth. And he expects his followers to be truthful. We really will be in hot water with the Lord to do otherwise. Therefore, we can trust Jesus. When he says you have to be born again, he means it. And by being born again, you are fulfilling several things. Here's some descriptions, or shall we call them synonyms, of the new birth. It can mean born from above. In other words, a heavenly birth or a heavenly rebirth. Born anew is another phrase. A third one, born of the Spirit. And here's a fourth. We call it regeneration, being born again. Nicodemus does not readily understand any of this, but hopefully we do. It's not our bodies that are being born again. It's our spirit, the inner person, that's being born again. And when that happens, we who were once blind can now see the things of God's kingdom. We who once were in darkness are now in light. Hence, ability to see the things of God is even more enhanced. And we who were dead to sin, now thanks to the new birth and the application of the atoning work of Christ in our lives, now we become righteous, holy, declared not guilty, which is, of course, justification. Nicodemus is absolutely bamboozled. A second time in the womb? John 3, verse 4, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he re-enter his mother's womb and be born again? Well, of course, he's using his natural reasoning, and the answer to these questions is no. No, we don't re-enter our mother's womb. No, we don't come out of her yet a second time. Jesus just keeps gone going. In John chapter 3, verse 5, he talks about water and the Spirit. He lifts up the standard ever higher. He says, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Well, what does he mean by born of water? Now, there's several theories. I'll have to be honest here. But I believe what's said in Ephesians 5.26 may be closest to the mark. It says that we are washed with the washing of the water of the word. The Word of God makes us clean. Jesus says in the same Gospel of John, you are clean because of the words which are spoken unto you. Therefore, water could be a metaphor for the cleansing that happens by receiving the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures. Then it should be obvious, the second phrase, unless you're born of the Spirit, which is a synonym of the new birth. The Holy Spirit causes our human spirit to be reborn. So let's put it all together again. Unless you're born of water through the Word and of the Spirit, which is, of course, God, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, in our ministry, we have a tagline, empowering through Word and Spirit. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit. That's the source of power. And more than that, it's the source of truth. Jesus basically said to the Sadducees, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures, namely the word, or the power of God. You've got to have these two things operative in order to stay on the well-lit path of truth. Then we go to verse 6 of John 3. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Remember, when we talk about flesh, we're not talking about skin. We're talking about our carnal, natural human nature. Not all of it is bad, but there's enough badness and deception and willfulness and rebellion to make us on death row with the things of God, for the wages of sin is death. So living in the flesh or living by the carnal nature is going to be dangerous or hazardous for your long-term spiritual health. But being born of the Spirit is of spirit. Well, that's the goal. Leave the fleshly, carnal, natural, depraved, misguided life behind and embrace a life that is walking with God. Even well-intentioned religious deeds of the flesh is not enough to be in favor with the Almighty. You have to be born again. And then Jesus says in verse 7, Marvel not. In other words, why are you surprised? He tells Nicodemus, don't marvel At this whole phrase of being born again. Come on. You're a leader of the Jews. You do have some light in your life. You are familiar with scripture. Maybe not as much as you should be, but certainly enough to get the message. And then Jesus uses the metaphor of the wind. In John chapter 3, verse 8. Remember that wind, along with wine, water, oil, and fire are all metaphors or symbols of the Holy Spirit. Since we cannot see the Holy Spirit, we learn more about his nature when we consider wine, water, oil, fire, wind, these things, and more. When you see them, it gives you a picture of another aspect of the person and work of the Spirit. So the wind, it says, blows where it wants to blow. You can hear the wind. You can see the effects of the wind, but you cannot see the wind itself. Those who are born of the Spirit can be sensed, but they are not understood by those who are still in the flesh. And then Nicodemus asked Jesus a question in verse 9. He is so overwhelmed that he says, how can these things be? Basically, our friend got more than he bargained for. And so I'm going to have to stop here for time. But remember our lesson is called, You Must Be Born Again. And our lesson for life is this. The new birth is the fundamental, non-negotiable, indispensable, prerequisite, or first steps to the new life with God forever.